It was a Hollywood ending all Edmonton Oilers fans were looking for out of Game 4, but we all walk away with one question. We will talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. As mentioned on today's episode, the Edmonton Oilers tie up the series, coming back to Edmonton for Game 5, and it was not exactly the way everybody thought it would happen, but... It ended in the way that, you know what, might end up in a couple of Hollywood scripts. But at the end of it, we do have a little bit of controversy. We'll talk about uh, the game in just a second, but also on today's episode, who will start game two for the Edmonton Oilers? Will it be Jack Campbell, who came in and stood on his head? in Game 4 and getting the win for the Oilers? Or will they go back to Stuart Skinner, who has been the goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers since the second half of the season? And we'll wrap up today's episode, as we always do, after an Edmonton Oilers game with the good, the bad, and the ugly from Game 4 against the Kings. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Alrighty, let's get into last night's game as the Edmonton Oilers did not get to the start that they wanted to. As in the third for first period, excuse me, they go down three nothing. And it was kind of the same story from last year. We are starting to see a couple of the tendencies that the Oilers had in the playoffs last year kind of creep into this year's playoffs as well. Last year, the Edmonton Oilers were far from a first-period team and never really started a game on time. In Game 4, that was exactly what happened. The Edmonton Oilers failed in very often in very many games in the playoffs last year and playing a full 60 minutes. But in most of those games, the Oilers were able to come back and win those games. A comeback win was the theme for last year's playoffs. This year, most Oilers fans and most people, I guess, were hoping for a little bit of a different story from the Oilers. But... So far, that hasn't been the case, and once again, it happened in Game 4. 3 nothing deficit, Stuart Skinner gets pulled, and the Edmonton Oilers look like their season is in jeopardy. But cue the second period, and the Edmonton Oilers absolutely woke up. Evan Bouchard getting the first goal of the game on the power play as the Oilers were able to capitalize on a... a Big call there as well, as uh, Evan Bouchard is now the leading defenseman in the NHL in playoffs right now with seven 
points for the Oilers. And then the guy who is leading all of the playoffs and the Edmonton Oilers, Leon Dreisaitl, then got on the board with not one but two goals in the second period, bringing the Edmonton Oilers back in a tie with the Los Angeles Kings. Leon Dreisaitl also went 2-1-3 and three in this game. Two goals, one assist, three, point, or three points, excuse me, in this game. Speaking of three points, Connor McDavid also getting three points in this one. No, he didn't get a goal, but three assists as well. Great game for him, but this is the thing with the Edmonton Oilers. They went down, they tie it up. Not only did they go down and have to come back, they went down by three goals. Then they come back, tie it up in the second period. You're going into the third. It's a brand new hockey game. And then you allow the Kings to score the first goal and you're down 4-3 and have to make a comeback again. And it was a long third period. Chances for the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers also was out or were outshot in that third period, 17 to 7 by the LA Kings in the entire third period. And at one point it was 11 to 1. 12 to 3 at points. So this was a, a, a big Third period for the Edmonton Oilers, and they didn't come out with their best. But you know who did come out with their best? Jack Campbell, stopping 16 of those 17 in the third period, including a game-saving stop on Victor Arvidsson, which is probably, actually not probably, it was Jack Campbell's best save as an Edmonton Oiler, which then, only a few minutes later, with three minutes and two seconds left in the third, Evander Kane finally getting that goal that, you know what, a lot of people were kind of giving Evander Kane a little bit of this, a little bit of that throughout the game, and not necessarily rightfully so, after his Game 2 penalty where he smacked it over, but there's been a little bit more of a microscope over Evander Kane. Evander Kane did not look... 100% healthy at times. We saw him numerous times in game two or game four, excuse me, uh, labor off as well and kind of limp off in some different way. So something is ailing Evander Kane. He did miss the morning skate ahead of game four as well. And Jay Woodcroft called it a maintenance day. And I think we saw why it was a said maintenance day. But either way, game time goal with two minutes or three minutes and two seconds left. And the Edmonton Oilers come back not once, but twice. They come back from a three-goal deficit once, and then with three minutes and two seconds left, they tie it up again to make it 4-4. Then, obviously, Zach Hyman breaking out, getting the goal that he desperately needed as the Edmonton Oilers go on to win it in overtime. Desperately needed. Because we are going to get into some of the players who haven't really been participating, not participating, well, it seems like they aren't participating, but performing as well as they should be. And Zach Hyman is one of those players. But for him to go out there, and as he said, it's one of his biggest goals in his career right now, as he, it's his first NHL playoff game winning goal in overtime. Hopefully he can start to build off that. Hopefully other players around him can start to build on that, especially the players who need to, who we will get to later on. But it was a big goal for the Oilers as they tie up the series at two, heading back to Edmonton. However, 
I do also want to talk about a couple of players who did not see a lot of ice time down the stretch, and that is Kaleem Costin and Vinny DeHarnay. We all saw how Vinny DeHarnay played last game. It was not great. In fact, Victor Arvidsson absolutely exposed this man in the first period, dancing around him. And you know what? We have to give credit where credit is due. That was a beautiful goal by Victor Arvidsson, making the move at the blue line, spinning around uh, Vinny DeHarnay, and beating Stuart Skinner for the third goal and the final goal for Stuart Skinner's night. Uh, Vinny DeHarnay is six foot seven. And as Mark, I believe it was Mark Spector who, who noted it on the play and tweeted it out, DeHarnay was initially at the line in a very good position. But as mentioned, he's six foot seven. Make a hit. But I say that, and I take a look at the hit totals from last night, and the Edmonton Oilers, for the second straight night, were severely outhit by the Los Angeles Kings. The LA Kings had 40 hits, and the Edmonton Oilers had 27. I think this is a little bit more of the Edmonton Oilers trying to be more tentative and not take as many penalties as they have because like Leon Dreisaitl said after game three, they don't know what the standard is. You don't know as a, a team where the line is. What is a, a slashing penalty that Philip Deneau isn't getting or where the Edmonton Oilers are? Where is the line between uh, uh, what is apparently a high stick and what isn't a high stick? Because if that wasn't a high stick on Friday night, then the Edmonton Oilers should be up 3-1 in the series and that goal should have counted for Derek Ryan in game one. There's a little bit of, a, in, a couple of inconsistencies here. But I think that's starting to kind of affect the Edmonton Oilers in a different way. They're having to be more tentative, and we saw it in Game 4. The Edmonton Oilers were not able to play the game that they have played all series. Getting dirty, getting into those scrums after the uh, uh, whistle. And not, not getting dirty, but getting into the dirty areas. Being a little more physical. And they got out hit in this game, as we saw. And that could be an issue down the stretch for the Oilers, but maybe not. Maybe that's how the Oilers will play because, let's be real, in the second, third, and overtime period, the Edmonton Oilers dominated on the scoreboard. So there's that. So that's that with Vinny DeHarnay. Let's talk about Kleem Costin because both of those players also contribute to that hit total. Vinny DeHarnay has mentioned six foot seven, but Kleem Costin has been a hitting machine through the first two games of the series. He had 10 hits and the game-winning goal in game two. But last night in game four, Kleem Costin played three minutes and 38 seconds. His last shift came with the 11.40 mark of the second period, as did Vinny DeHarnay, which was the following face-off after the Edmonton Oilers made it 3-2. After that, the Edmonton Oilers, while Kleem Costin and Vinny DeHarnay did not see the ice once again for the rest of the game. The Edmonton Oilers played over 63 minutes without Clean Costin and Vinny DeHarnay. They're playing two players down. My question also becomes, 
Why? I understand Vinny DeHarnay. He made a bad, a couple of bad mistakes, and two of those goals you can probably blame on him. Fair. But what are we not seeing with Kaleem Costin right now? Why is Kaleem Costin not playing when he has contributed so much energy to this team? And in game four, what was the one thing the Oilers were missing for most of the night? Energy. Well, it's sitting on your bench and he doesn't do anything. In those three minutes and 38 seconds, he still had two hits. Even the dog next door barking is going, hey, what is going on here? Everybody realizes around, well, again, you, you realize that you, you have to shorten the bench, especially in a game where it might be the end of your season. I mean, it wasn't an elimination game, but it felt damn close. And a guy who has provided a whole bunch of energy outside of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl sitting on your bench all game. Because that five-on-five, Zach Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Kyler Yamamoto are not contributing to anything at five-on-five. There's nothing else that Clean Costin plays other than at five-on-five, so why is he not playing? Getting the shorting, get the shorting of shortening of the bench. There we go. I was never much of a baker, so I don't know what shortening is. But the shortening of uh, the bench for playoff games, I understand. Three minutes and 38 seconds. I'm pretty sure that's less. Off the top of my head, I'm almost 100% sure that was less than what Dylan Holloway got in his NHL debut against the Colorado Avalanche last year. So, what are we doing here? I don't know. Uh, But, that is not the real controversy as to who should be playing in Game 5. The real controversy comes between the pipes. In Game 5, on Tuesday night at Rogers Place, who will be the starter for the Edmonton Oilers? Will it be Jack Campbell or Stuart Skinner? We will talk about that in just a second, but first, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Last week, I was in Toronto with a couple of buddies of mine, and what do you do in the summer in Toronto? No, you don't go see Leaf playoff games. Come on, let's be real. You go see the boys of summer, the Toronto Blue Jays, and that's what me and my buddies did when we were over there. And literally, the night before the game at dinner, while we were already going to a Toronto FC game, which we got our tickets on game time, we then got tickets to the next day, row six down the first baseline. I mean, we could basically smell Vladdy Guerrero Jr. from where we were sitting. Forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concert comedy, theater, and more. Get images of your seats before you buy so you know what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you are set. That is exactly what we got at Sushi on the night before. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Alrighty, let's go on to the goaltender battle now that the Edmonton Oilers apparently have in between the pipes heading into Game 7 on Tuesday. Will it be Jack Campbell who got the win for the Oilers in Game 4 and maybe save the season for the Edmonton Oilers? Or will the Oilers go back to Stuart Skinner, who has been the guy for the Oilers since, well, the All-Star game, really. The Oilers All-Star goaltender in Stuart Skinner. But the playoffs are a whole different beast. It's the best of seven every time. And now the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings are engaged in not a best of seven, not a best of five, but a best of three for the next week. Frank Cervalli was talking on uh, Daily Faceoff the other day, talking about it's kind of crazy how teams always just ride out one goaltender for two straight months and never change up in between. Now, Stuart Skinner, who has gone 1-0-2 in this series, both of his losses has come in uh, overtime, so there is that, but all losses count the same in playoffs, so that doesn't really matter in some cases, but it does also say that the Oilers have been hanging in there, especially in their losses. Then there are the extra numbers. Stuart Skinner over this series has a .881 save percentage and a 3.38 goals against average. Those were Jack Campbell numbers just earlier this year. And what happened to Jack Campbell? Well, he was replaced by the guy who came in and gave the Edmonton Oilers the best possible chance to win a hockey game in Stuart Skinner. Flash to last night, and guess what happens? The Edmonton Oilers go down, Stuart Skinner gets pulled, Jack Campbell comes in, and he wins the game for the Edmonton Oilers, looking fantastic throughout the entire game, making a lot of big saves, looking relatively confident, and as we mentioned, that big Victor Arvidsson save down the stretch won the game for the Oilers. Last night, Jack Campbell made 27 saves on 28 shots and had a .964 save percentage with 1.18 goals against average. After, I mean, the goal that he allowed too was a very nice goal. It was off of a, a, a created rush, uh, an odd man rush, I should say, basically. It was almost a breakaway as well. Not much he could really do. A great finish as well, right between his pads. Nice goal. A lot of people are coming back to this as well is the fact that the Edmonton Oilers were giving or was giving Jack Campbell a lot of time down the stretch to get into, into some games and that may have helped in the playoffs in that game yesterday. The last five games for J uh, Jack Campbell has looked like this. 0.913 save percentage and a 2.97 goals against average also getting a shutout near the end of the season. However, in those five games, Jack Campbell did allow 15 goals against. Not fantastic. But we see last night, played very well, and kind of played with confidence for the Oilers down the stretch. With Stuart Skinner, at times, Stuart Skinner kind of looked tentative or scared on the second shot. And the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings have been having a lot of rebound shots and the team with the most amount of rebounded goals 
the Los Angeles Kings. In net for all of those rebounded goals, Stuart Skinner. Stuart Skinner has been able to make the first save on many of the shots he's faced so far, but it's been those ticky-tack goals, the rebounds, that has really been kind of the weakness for Stuart Skinner down the stretch, or at least in the playoffs, in this series, I should say, so far. 1-0-2 so far, as mentioned, with uh, the series. 8-8-1 goals against average, or save percentage, excuse me, to 3.38 goals against average isn't going to win you many games. However, since March 4th, for Jack, or for Stuart Skinner, excuse me, since March 4th, Stuart Skinner has a 12-1-1 record, a .921 save percentage, and 2.42 goals against average with a shutout as well. He is a Calder contender as well, heading into this offseason or award season, I should say, and has given the Edmonton Oilers every chance to possibly win down the stretch of the regular season. But how much stock do you put into the regular season? And what you see in the last four games in this series. If you're asking me who's starting game five. I don't know. And it seems like that is the general consensus around the Edmonton media right now. Nobody really knows where you should go for game five. And it seems like there's a little bit of a walk around or run around that we're all kind of running into. Stuart Skinner was good all year. Hasn't been fantastic in the series. Got pulled in game four. Jack Campbell gets the win. Are you willing to potentially risk Jack Campbell's season form in the playoffs and having to play from behind once again? Are you willing to see if Stuart Skinner can maybe come back and bounce back from a poor performance and what has already been not the best series for him as well? Or are you following the hot hand? Normally, I can hear a lot of people go, just go with the hot hand. It's the playoffs. You can't afford to lose a game. That's fair. But then you also know how both goaltenders have played with long stretches. And Jack Campbell hasn't exactly had the upside to Jack Campbell, or the upper hand, I should say, on Jack or on uh, Stuart Skinner when it comes to that. So it's a very difficult back and forth that we are having here. And really, even though I should have an answer, I don't. <laughs> because there are guys in the Edmonton Oilers right now who are getting paid a lot of money to make that decision and come tomorrow night in Edmonton. Heck, we'll probably know in practice tomorrow who will be getting the start. But I believe it was John Shannon. It was John Shannon who mentioned it on Oilers Now today that the Edmonton Oilers might pull a little bit of tomfoolery in practice tomorrow. Everybody knows there's the starter net for the Oilers in practice, and that's how you know who's going to be starting for the Oilers that night. But there's a possibility that the Edmonton Oilers want to continue to throw up this facade in front of Todd McClellan because we all know that once it's out on Twitter, the LA Kings already know about it. 
And Todd, or Jay Woodcroft loves to keep his cards close to his chest. So there's a possibility that not only will at one point Jack Campbell be in the starters net for the Oilers in practice, but maybe Stuart Skinner too. Or maybe the Oilers start with Skinner and Jack Campbell takes over the starters net. Olivier Rodrigue was called up by the Edmonton Oilers, so he there isn't really a goaltender that needs to skate with the scratches or the, the potential scratches for the Oilers after practice as well because Rodrigue will be there. There's going to be a little bit of tomfoolery and, and, and pulling the curtain back and throwing a little bit of a facade in this chess match heading into tomorrow's game. So, who will start in net? I don't know. But to be honest with you, I'm kind of okay with either one. So, what do you think? Who do you want to start in net for the Oilers in Game 5? Do you want to follow with the hot hand with Jack Campbell, the goalie that got that massive win in Game 4? Or do you want to go back to who has been your starting goaltender ever since the All-Star break, basically? And try and ride his hand. What do you do? What, what would you do? Let's wrap up today's episode with the good, the bad, and the ugly from last night's game against the LA Kings in Game 4. We will talk about that in just a second. Alrighty, let's wrap up today's episode with the good, the bad, and the ugly from Game 4 against the LA Kings. Let's start off with the good. The good being the second and third period. Well, and let's add in overtime. Basically, any period not named the first period for the Edmonton Oilers. As the Oilers outscored the LA Kings 5-1 to one after the first period, after the first 20 minutes. Yes, I said 5-1, to one, and this game went into overtime. That's how poor... The first 20 minutes was for the Edmonton Oilers. Plus, in the second period, the Edmonton Oilers fired 20 towards Jonas Corposalo. It was a major, major emphasis by the Oilers in the second period to just fire everything they could towards Corposalo. And that evidently worked out as the Oilers tied the game after 40 minutes. Did go down, but then was able to come back and show resiliency that we talked about on Friday's episode for the Edmonton Oilers, that they were able to show that resiliency, come back, win that game, and they did the same thing to, uh, last night against the Kings. So the good, any period not named the first. The bad for the Oilers is the star support for the Oilers, and most specifically at 5-on-5. Five Zach Hyman so far in this series has one goal, two assists, three points, averages 21.30 or 21 minutes and 33 seconds a game, and has two points, two of those three points at five on five. One of those coming on the game winning goal last night, and his assist was a secondary assist. That is not a recipe for victory for the Oilers. And we saw how the Edmonton Oilers played when Zach Hyman was at his best in that Calgary Flames series last year. Once Zach Hyman gets really going, the Edmonton Oilers are going to be a real force to be reckoned with. But we haven't seen it so far in these playoffs. And that has been... A, a massive thing for the Oilers. And it doesn't stop there. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is three assists in this series. That is it. And none of them have come at five on five. All of them have come on the power play. And that is not great. Ryan Nugent Hopkins last night had zero goal or zero shots on goal against the LA Kings. 
And again, not fantastic. The Edmonton Oilers are giving no support whatsoever to Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl is playing his head off. Leon Dreisaitl has the second best points per game in NHL history in the playoffs. Second to only Wayne Gretzky. Yes, not Mario Lemieux, not Yamir Yager, not anybody else. It is Leon Dreisaitl who sits second behind Wayne Gretzky in points per game in the playoffs. And the Edmonton Oilers are not giving him any support around him at all. Leon Dreisaitl has also been on the ice for all 14 of the Edmonton Oilers goals so far in this series and has contributed on nine of them. He has nine points in this series and only means that he hasn't been uh, a part of five of those goals. What does that say? Kyler Yamamoto has zeros across the board. He averages 17 minutes per and 10 seconds per game and has played 62 minutes at five on five. I have always been a defender of Kyler Yamamoto because what I think he brings to the Edmonton Oilers is not necessarily on the score sheet. It would be nice if he did score more, but what he does is play hard in the corners, is a really good four checker, and gets the pucks to the guys that he needs to get the pucks to. But he needs to also be better. There's been a lot of... uh, from Kyler Yamamoto, and he's also gotten a lot of opportunities in front of the net with a scoring chance, and he'll either roof it over the net or just fire it into the pad. So he needs to be better. And Darnell Nurse, too. Not been fantastic as well in this series. One assist in this series. Now, a lot of people are getting on Darnell Nurse from last night, too. I think it's relatively unwarranted as well. I think that, I believe it was the second goal where uh, the puck kind of deadened halfway on the ice. He couldn't pick it up. DeHarnay couldn't pick it up. The Kings picked it up and it got past Skinner. We have to remember that, yes, this is the Edmonton Oilers, but the LA Kings aren't the only team that plays out of the Crypto.com arena. Because just the night before, on the Saturday, we all know that the LA Clippers and the LA Lakers both played 90 minutes apart from each other. And that makes a big difference on the ice for the next game. And that was the prime example of that. I don't want to hear you going, oh, you're making excuses. No, you just are clearly unable to sit there and go, okay, real life happens. That was one of those situations. And... obviously the ice, you saw it all game. The ice was not great. The puck was bouncing all over the place. A lot of second opportunities on passes that all of a sudden you had to take it out of the zone because it was bobbling. There were a lot of issues with the ice and that eventually ended up in the back of the net for the Oilers. And a lot of people just want to blame somebody other than what is really going on. So Darnell has had a better series than what people say, but he still needs to help support the top players for the Edmonton Oilers as well. So the bad, the star support. And the ugly for the Edmonton Oilers is the start. Three goals in the first period, and it's the same problems the Oilers had last year. Not starting on time. They're only playing 40 of a potential 60, and depending on uh, overtime as well, potentially even more. 
the Edmonton Oilers have not been either starting on time or playing a full 60, and that has been an issue and was the same issue as last year, as we already talked about. That needs to change. Simple as that. We all saw the struggles that the Oilers had against the Kings last year when that happened, and this series went seven. At this pace, we might go seven because of the exact same issues the Oilers had in the series last year. That needs to change. This team wants to win a Stanley Cup. They need to move on from their issues, not only from this year, but from last year as well. So the ugly being the start. So the good, the bad, and the ugly to wrap up from Game 4. The good being any period not named the first as the Edmonton Oilers fired off five goals to one in the second, third, and overtime periods against the LA Kings, but they still only won in overtime. So... They need a better first period. The bad being uh, the star support. Anybody not named Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl has been pretty abysmal in the top six. They need to be better if the Edmonton Oilers want to win this series and potentially win a Stanley Cup. And the ugly being the start. The Oilers did not realize that this game started at seven. They thought it started at eight like all the other games, and that really cost them the game, potentially the game, but they were able to come back, but it still needs to be better. Alrighty, let's wrap up there, folks. A massive win for the Edmonton Oilers, and what I haven't even mentioned was, honestly, when you take a step back, and if you were a neutral watching that game, what a game that was, and we still have... Two more promised games, potentially even three. The Edmonton Oilers look to take their first lead of the series when they come back to town on Tuesday for a massive Game 5 at Rogers Place. Let's wrap it up there, everybody. Hopefully, at the end of that Game 4 win, you could all play La Bamba, baby. <laughs>